You're listening to the Beside the Badge podcast with your host, Paul Bunker, veteran chaplain and friend to law enforcement. Welcome back to yet another episode of Beside the Badge. My name is Paul Buckner. I'm your host, uh, civilian police chaplain and friend to law enforcement. I want to talk about mindset today, surviving the fight. So where does mental toughness come from? It comes from preparation. Um, I don't know that anybody comes out of the womb and is um, and is Rambo. Now you have different mindsets. You have different personalities uh, that do have, it seems like an edge. You do have people who don't naturally have that mental toughness. And, uh, so, but it can be developed and it's something that can be honed. And, uh, one of the things that people can do to help develop a mental toughness is being self-disciplined, um, getting up at a certain time. And I know that may sound silly, but I read voraciously. I read constantly and um, as part of my why as a person, but we'll talk about that in a future episode about part of my why and where I come from with that. But I, I read a lot and I love to read stories of survival, things that people have been through and, and mindset and mental toughness. You find a lot of that, our Green Berets, MARSOC Marines, um, you know, Army Rangers, um, you know, our, our Delta Boys, our, our Navy SEALs. You, you see a lot of stories I mean, heck, go to go to the Lone Survivor uh, book and the mental toughness that this person had, um, Marcus Luttrell taking and and rubbing dirt, literally not on a wound, in a wound to plug it, to get him to get himself so he wouldn't bleed out. Right. To get himself to freedom, to be able to survive in an area where everything and everyone wanted him dead. Well, you may find yourself in a circumstance like that, whether it's hiking and you break your leg um, you know, there are people that have died 50 feet off of a whale, a well-traveled trail because they didn't have the mental toughness to survive, to be able to keep their wits about them in the fight or in the dangerous situation. And they just give up and they literally lay down and die. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to go out like that. Um, so, so mindset, disciplined, uh, behaviors, getting up at a certain time, uh, this morning I rolled out of bed at 5 a.m., do I want to get up at 5 a.m.? Negative. I do not want to get up at 5 a.m. Um, Jocko Willenick, who is, uh, if you don't know him, which would surprise me, but if you don't know him, uh, check him out. He's kind of a motivational speaker, um, does a lot of uh, team building, does a lot of, of company um, consultation. And Jocko is a phenomenon. And he's just one of those guys that when you listen to him speak, he speaks very clearly and he makes these pauses and he makes you want to listen very closely. And then he makes you want to get a battle axe and go attack the castle right behind him because that's just the kind of guy he is. He is, he's one of those guys who practices jujitsu and he's, I think he's about eight years older than me. He's probably 50 or in his early fifties now. And he's one of those guys, if you want to develop some, some discipline and some mindset, he actually has a saying discipline equals freedom, but go out there and listen to his stuff. If you want some motivation, get up, exercise, get, get your workout on. When you, when you develop these things in your life, you're much more likely to be successful uh, and to have that mindset and survive the fight if you are uh, self-disciplined. And 
uh, that comes down to working out. Working out hurts. I don't enjoy working out, but I am stronger. I mean, I don't have these big ripped muscles, but I am stronger than I've ever been in my life. Anybody who's watching me uh, is, is watching me do a, a flex. There's people that are massive. There's people with arms bigger than my thighs, but I don't do this creatine. I don't do any kind of steroid, wannabe steroid stuff. I am about being actually fit and stronger. And I've never in my life been able to look and go, wow, I have pectoral muscles. Wow, I have biceps and triceps that are this thick. And it is something that I have been working on a personal journey for the last couple of years to get stronger. Um, part of my why I've talked about before um, is... Um, I want to go the distance for my kids. I want to be here for my kids, for my wife. I want to, I want to live a full life. But at the same time, my very last episode, I talked about being war ready, and this to me is the is the next logical progression from the war ready uh, broadcast that I did. If you haven't heard that, go back and check out the last episode. I believe uh, that was episode sixteen, and uh, go check that one out. But mindset, a lot of it, a lot of that mindset and that discipline comes from, I got up and I worked out and it hurt. I did this many push-ups, and I'm to the point now I can do 50 push-ups in a row. Now a drill sergeant may not like every one of those push-ups and I might be, I might hear 11, 11, 11, 12. I mean, it may not be perfect, but I, I can do 50 push-ups in a row. And I do that to be the strongest version of myself. I do different reps and I train and exercise because I know that that type of discipline will help me in life and it'll help me to go the distance. It helps me to accomplish personal goals. Um, outside of this room where you can't see it as a hallway, that hallway uh, is getting repainted. Um, I've been remodeling the basement of our house, which has desperately needed it for years. And uh, I'm pulling down ceiling tiles and repainting them to give them a a fresh, uh, kind of a fresh look and modernize them instead of having to go out and buy massive amounts of new ceiling tiles. Those kinds of little projects, they give you feelings of personal success, which for anyone behind the badge, you need those because you're not really going to find, um, hardly ever are you going to find your, your personal uh, satisfaction behind the badge. Um, so many times you, you arrest somebody and you find out that they were released on a technicality or something. Um, you arrest somebody who you know is guilty of sin, and they they uh, they become a CI, a confidential informant or something, and and boom, their charges are gone. So there's that. But if you are working out and developing that type of discipline, there's also the mental aspect of this. And I listen to a lot of stories, a lot of people's stories of survival, whether it's on YouTube or it's audiobooks. I listen to massive amounts of them. I finished one about a guy that had to do some escape and evasion in Vietnam. I believe it was called Saving Bravo. And it was his story and other people's story and the stories and the politics and people lost their lives trying to rescue him. And the long-term consequences of that, what that looked like for him. And I also want to understand what happens to my body under stress. Uh, if you want to understand what happens uh, to our bodies under stress, listen to, to the venerable Colonel Dave Grossman. Listen to him talk. And uh, you can listen to his audiobooks or you can read his books. But uh, he, he does a lot of talks. Anybody who's been around the military or law enforcement in the last 20, 30 years understands that Dave Grossman has given us more than we can ever repay. We owe that man an incredible debt. He has shaped and reshaped the way that people look at having to take a life. Um, he's got two phenomenal books, On Killing and On Combat. 
I've actually had the privilege of meeting him, shaking his hand, and giving him a Got Your Six Coffee uh, tumbler mm. on behalf of Got Your Six Coffee. But uh, anyway, uh, being able to exercise, being able to maybe combine those two things where you are learning while you're working out um, or you're driving around in your cruiser and you're listening to an audiobook between stops, between calls, whatever, that kind of stuff sharpens the mind and your mind. There's a, a Navy SEAL saying, and I've heard it said by other branches of the military, that uh, mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. Um, I did security for a church the other night. Nothing major, but it was freezing temperatures. Um, it was a cold snap in October uh, in the Midwest. And we went from 80s in a matter of a, a few days to uh, down to 30s, uh, freezing rain driving at me. And I'm in a parking lot waving at people, guiding people in, doing a combination of parking and security. And I was reminded of that saying. Now, I wasn't carrying a I wasn't frozen half to death, covered in wet sand with somebody screaming at me, trying to carry a log or a, or a, uh, a, um, inflatable boat up over a sand dune. I wasn't being shot at, but there were people that didn't stay out there. And it's, it comes down to mindset. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. And, uh, there's a few things I hate more than having wet feet, uh, recently, I was out with a police officer and we were slogging through a field uh, going after some wayward horses that had escaped. We had one in custody and it was cooperating with authorities, but we were trying to get a second one. And anybody who's ever worked rural law enforcement knows this is a reality. Livestock gets out. Um, I don't like having wet feet. And, uh, but if you don't mind, it doesn't matter if you can look at an injury and go, I don't care. I'm still coming after this guy, this gal, I'm still, this person's still going to jail mindset. Um, training under stress and getting your heart rate up is incredibly important. I have a friend in law enforcement that a guy shot at him, uh, turned back and shot at him through his windshield of his cruiser. And he said, without conscious thought, I drew my weapon and it was right out there. I may have talked about him in a previous broadcast and Having that weapon come up and out and get into position that quickly um, because he had practiced those draw strokes and he had defeated his holster again and again and again and practiced those draw strokes. That's important. Being able to being able to perform with your heart rate up too many times when people train or they practice training, they stand static feet planted in front of a target. Well, guess what happens in real life? Gun battles are fluid. Um, you know, God forbid you ever have to be in a gun battle. I would love it if you never had to draw your, your sidearm in your entire career, but that's not the reality of the world we live in. And, uh, we don't suddenly become Rambo when we pick up a weapon or become Braveheart, you know, it, we have to train and we have to practice. And when we know how to defend ourselves and others, that becomes part of our mindset. And we know that we have those capabilities. You know, I love to say that training develops confidence and confidence can be felt. If you're at, if you're in a situation, I've literally seen officers look at somebody who um, is getting ready to run and go, don't do it. And the person's like, and th the person that's about to run is like, oh, okay, you, you got me. Or um, looking at someone who has pulled a knife and is looking at a police officer from 30 feet away and the officer lays their hand on their sidearm and goes, you don't want to do that. The officer knows one-handed they can draw and have that weapon out there. That officer knows one-handed that they can take that bad guy down if they have to. And the bad guy knows and can feel it too. That's 
that's part of mindset and training can develop that confidence and that confidence uh, can not only develop, it's not only palpable, but it leads to self-control. Um, it can lead to self-control. It should lead itself to self-control because when you know what your capabilities are, uh, you know how to not overreact and to not take it too far. And, and it should be a sobering thing to, to go, hey, I don't want this to go too far, but I'm fully capable of taking your life. I mean, you need, you need to know that before we start this. And you don't even have to say that. I have seen officers in those moments that had that confidence and looked at somebody. There's a young officer, he's probably listening to this broadcast, who um, a guy's like, I'm not going back to prison. I'm not going back to jail. And kind of bows up to this officer. And he looks at him and he goes, bet. And the guy surrendered to him. And he knew before they went into the fight that he was not going to quit until this guy went to jail. And he and the guy knew it too. And the guy was like, uh, I think I'm just going to let you arrest me. That is part of mindset. And it is a valuable thing. So there's a story that's incredible. And I, I came across this in training that I paid for. And I was introduced to Jared Reston, a police officer, I believe, out of Florida. And his story is incredible. Um, ended up in a gun battle with a gang member that was that literally was coming up to execute him before it was over. And gangbanger had a 45 auto. He had a Glock in a 40 caliber, uh, 40 caliber Glock. And uh, by the grace of God, he had hard armor on over his vest, uh, over his soft vest. And he, as the guy was coming at him, they ended up exchanging shots. At one point, the bad guy's walking away, shooting at him, and then turns to come back. And Jared, the very first round actually entered, unless I'm badly mistaken on the story, entered the, the bottom of his face, through his bottom set of teeth and then deflected and exited through his cheek. There are people that would have laid down and died at that point. Now think about that. And his response was more along the lines of, oh, we're not fighting with fists. This is a gun battle. Let me get my gun in the fight. And he was getting shot multiple times. And I think he took eight incoming rounds. And I think, I think if I remember correctly, that two of them hit his body armor and the rest of them hit him. And he had the mindset to go, oh, no, 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 I'm going to stay in this fight. And even if I even if I die, I'm going to stay in this fight. Um, there's a gal. And I don't remember where this was. I was researching this one this morning, trying to find her story because I wanted to be able to say her name. But female police officer, they went to a house. It was like I believe it was her and two male officers. And there had been a home invasion. I don't know all the details behind the story, but she ended up getting shot multiple times trying to rescue the kids out of the garage. And she stayed in the fight, um, ended up getting shot in the arms and in the chest. And um, I don't remember all the details, which is a shame. And I don't remember her name, which is even more of a shame. But she had done training with um, her department had used um, some munitions, which as a friend of mine says, is all the fun of getting shot without the blood. And she, in that moment, she stayed in that fight. She had been hit before. She had been hurt before uh, with some munitions. And she said it didn't actually hurt that much worse. The training had helped her to develop the mental toughness. So very, very quickly, let's take a sponsor break. We will come back and uh, we will talk more about mindset and surviving the fight. So um, my buddy, John Lee O'Reilly with uh, General Response, 
uh, de-escalation is an incredibly important skill set to have. It is another tool in the belt. And if we're smart, we will use de-escalation skills nine times out of 10. It'll save us having to deploy tasers It will uh, in that kind of an environment. It will save people many, many times from, from finding themselves in terrible situations. And so whether you're a private citizen listening to this, whether you're in some form of security, whether you are law enforcement, de-escalation skills are incredibly valuable. And being able to be self-aware in those moments and realize, okay, I just felt the adrenaline shoot up through my neck. I've had that in a moment where I was I was working with somebody doing security that was trying to carry a weapon into a building. And I had a guy back in me. I was talking to the guy. I was very civil and I was very professional. I was able to keep a friendly demeanor and, and say, hey, this is not something that's going to happen. He wasn't physically carrying it in his hand. He just wanted to carry it on his hip. And I could not allow him to do that. And uh, that that ability to be self-aware is something that you learn training under stress. And John Lee O'Reilly with Gentle Response trains you to de-escalate under stress. Good stuff. Uh, secondly, got your six coffee, my favorite kind of coffee. And uh, I don't have coffee for tomorrow, which is kind of freaking me out. I don't have my precious got your six coffee for tomorrow. So I'm going to have to get some today because I'm not going to run out of this. I don't want to drink anything else. Got your six coffee. Check them out on the social medias. Their mission is service to those who serve brewing better days. They take the net profits after what it costs to survive and they give them away. And I've been there to see it. Amazing company, award-winning coffee. I can drink Maxwell House. I can drink whatever, somebody else's coffee, but that doesn't change people's lives. This does. And then finally, Matt Combs with Shield Force International. And you want to talk about surviving the fight and mindset. He does ambush training, and he's actually getting ready to do right now another class on uh, knife defense and the realities of a knife attack. And those are two of many things he teaches a personal friend and a mentor and a fantastic instructor. Check out Shield Force International. And then coming back. So mindset is an incredibly huge thing to surviving a fight and uh, i've done i've done executive protection for years i've done um church security in some pretty bad areas i've been on prospect in kansas city protecting church groups while they were doing ministry and um i i did uh, church security at a church for 10 years that was between two meth neighborhoods we had arrests on campus um, i have assisted in multiple arrests both in my time as a chaplain and in, in doing church security at various churches, um, one guy on federal warrants and these things happen. The guy in federal warrants wasn't a member. He was just, he was just at the church and was ID'd by an officer, but mindset is an incredible thing. And you have to know in advance what you think you're willing to do up until that moment, by the way, uh, which is a very true reality. Um, you're not going to know what you're going to do, but you can you can develop the mindset because the body cannot go where the mind has not been. I've trained for better than a decade now, and it's an amazing thing to know that your arm knows how to reach in and get your sidearm. It knows how to come up and come out. I have dealt with situations where um, I've dealt with an attempted carjacking. I've dealt with someone coming after a loved one, and I had to actually execute a pit maneuver and put that person in a tree, their vehicle in a tree, and get out between the loved one who they were trying to run off an embankment, um, uh, a high-speed chase down a road kind of a situation, and get between them and that person. And mindset and training, those things are tangible. They are palpable. The, the other person can feel it. 
and um, I had a guy one night try to charge me out of the darkness doing church security. He thought I was a cop. I was shutting down a building, walking around, shining, shining my flashlight at all the windows and making sure everything was good. And uh, he was a tweaker who had had an altercation with someone, had beaten them so severely their jaw was wired shut and law enforcement was hunting for him. And he thought I was a cop. And he heard the snap of my sidearm coming out of, of the Kydex uh, of my holster. And he's like, whoa, hey, buddy. And he stopped and he ended up getting arrested uh, for uh, his crimes. I knew when I looked at him and he knew too that I was going to shoot him. And uh, from where he was coming, trying to blindside me, I didn't know what was in his hands. He was about to get shot and he knew it too. And that boy had some brakes. That guy, he's not a boy. Uh, he's about my age, but he, he hit the brakes in a hurry and has got his hands up in a hurry. Um, I've backed a department at night and uh, there weren't enough officers. I'm there's a chaplain, was handed a weapon, protect this young officer. And the bad guy comes crashing out that into the building and was not listening to orders and ended up looking at the front end of the sidearm I was handed. And I was looking at his face over the front sight of that handgun. Um, I knew at that point that the next move was his move. He had to make the decision and he decided to bolt and uh, he was coming around the side of a, of a vehicle and the way that he was moving, his shoulders, his head, looked like he had a weapon in his hands. And I had trained to shoot in the dark. I had trained for low light shooting. I had trained bringing my flashlight up past my head. That weapon did not have a weapon mounted light on it. And it was a backup weapon. And so I brought my backup flashlight up past my forehead where I could see, excuse me, where I could see him. He would have difficulty seeing me, brought the weapon up and out and was looking at his face over that front sight. I knew the next move was his. My decision-making matrix was over. That is, you have to have the mindset to know, to know what the next move is going to be. And because you're not going to figure it out in the moment, you might learn what you'll actually do, but you have to have that decision-making process already worked out. There's no bravado in it. There's no, I want to do this thing. If you want to get into a shooting, that's an immaturity. If you if you have the proper training and skill sets and you know what the realities of that are, you're praying that day never comes because you have nothing to prove. Um, and I've been in situations protecting people where, where that confidence and that training again was palpable. And I know too many officers to recount their tales who have had that training, who've had that confidence and looked at somebody and gone, hey, look at me, this ain't going to went in well for you. And the bad guy has surrendered or surrendered fairly quickly. Shifting focus a little bit, you don't have time in the moment to make your peace with God. You don't. So if you're in the middle of a fight and you're thinking, what happens if I die? Where do I go if I die? Now, my faith, I'm an evangelical Christian. I am a civilian police chaplain. I have a firm believer in God. I am a firm believer in God, have a firm belief in God. Uh, and I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I am forgiven of my sins, not because I'm special, but because my Savior died for me on the cross. I very firmly believe that if I die, that I am saved. Not because I'm special, again, but because of what my Savior, God's Son, did for me on the cross. You don't have to believe that. But you need to have, as um, John Carrillo with Active Self-Protection says, you need to have 
spiritual fitness. You need to be ready to meet your maker as it were. And because you don't have time in that moment to go, uh, what happens if I die? I'm not ready to die. I'm, my wife and I had an argument and we haven't made peace about it or, or I haven't told my dad I love him or, or, or you have to be at peace in that moment. And I literally can tell you, and there's no bravado in this. If God wants my life, he can have it. Um, if he's ready for me to go home, that's great. Heaven's a great place. I don't mind the idea of going. I'd like to live a full life, 80, 85, 90 years old. If I could still have an impact and, and help people and bless people, I'd love to live a full life. That's over double how old I am now. I'm 42 years old. I'd love to live into my 80s. Um, I'd love to be there for my family. But at any moment that God would like to take my life and take me home, it's his, it's his to take. To me, the most dangerous person in the room is the person who's not afraid to die. And it doesn't mean you're suicidal. Don't get me wrong. I've met people uh, on both sides of the badge that had a death wish. That's kind of scary. No, I don't mean suicidal. I mean, I'm all in. You're not going to get away. Um, and I also don't mean foolhardy. A uh, young officer I was working with several years ago, I was talking about making sure if you're in a high-speed chase, and you die, you have a family at home. I don't mean foolhardy, so please don't misunderstand. Um, there is a knife, a knife edge fine line there that we walk. Um, there's a difference between um, I am going to get you and you are going to go to jail, and I'm actually stupidly, suicidally pursuing you. And this young man very wisely backed off a little bit in a chase where his vehicle, even, even with a pursuit package that his law enforcement cruiser had, it was, and he's a heck of a driver. I mean, he is a heck of a driver. He could not do what this vehicle in front of him was doing. And he backed off a little bit, told dispatch that he, he was going to have to back off a little bit and came around the next corner and they had wrecked out because they couldn't do it either. And he got one of the two people in the vehicle and then there was a foot pursuit. And I don't remember if he got the second one that night or not. There was a creek involved in a and a hillside, and he had one in custody, so I don't know all the details from that night, but he backed off just a little bit at the right time, and you've got to know yourself, you got to know your equipment, you've got to have the right training and practice and experience, uh, but you've got to be, you've got to be in your head, you've got to be aware of the changes, um, the changes, you got to be, you got to be aware and ready for what's coming, because in that moment, you don't have time to think about it and calculate it, and um, I've got a note here off to the side that says to, to be able to be in the moment when it matters to be focused and stay in the fight. Um, you have to be willing to be like, Hey, I choose me. Um, you're the bad guy. You're attacking me. You've got a knife. You're beating me to death, whatever it is. I choose me. Um, I choose to go home to my family and it's different emotions and biology, testosterone versus estrogen. It's different for men and women. And, and personality type and psychology uh, differ widely across the spectrum between men and women, uh, as well as within both genders. There's a lot of differences in how people think men, men versus other men, women versus other women. But having the right mindset will carry you through the fight in ways that nothing else will. Um, I have read stories about people who've been shot up so badly 
that their arms aren't working right and they're racking their slide off their leg and they're driving back out and shooting. They're walking for miles. Marcus Luttrell dragging himself. You, you got to listen to at the very least while you're driving around in your patrol car or whatever, listen to Lone Survivor and develop that type of mental toughness and preparation to go, I don't care. It's part of why I work out as hard as I do because as a civilian police chaplain in my area, a lot of these departments don't have backups. So if I'm with a department and I know that I know that big city law enforcement is different than backcountry rural law enforcement, but that officer may well be in a foot pursuit by themselves, potentially ambushed um, with no help. I wear boots that I can run in. Um, I wear clothing that I can move in. Um, I don't go on ride-alongs and flip-flops. I am not a flip-flop guy. I am always ready. Um, the other day I was driving, I look over, there's a vehicle off in the ditch. Um, it had hit a sign sliding in the, in the rain, spun around and landed in the ditch. There's an officer lighting it up. I know the officer. I pulled over. If you don't know officers, don't do this. If you don't know those officers, don't do this. But I, I see him, I pull over, throw my hazards on, I step out, you code four, you good? And he's like, hey brother, what's up? And we stood there and looked at the vehicle. The person who had been in the accident fled on foot. So they probably had warrants or were drinking, something of that nature. And we stood there and talked. And I said, hey, I just wanted to make sure that you were good. Why? Because in a lot of these cases, they don't have backup very close. I know that I might have to jump out of my vehicle and run, it's happened more than once, to back a police officer. I know I might have to jump out of their vehicle with their permission and run to back up a police officer. I choose to stay physically fit. I choose to, to do things that I don't enjoy doing, to go all the way back full circle to the beginning of this podcast. I choose to work out. If you're young and you're just getting into law enforcement, you have a, a more rapid metabolism than you do in, you know, in your 30s, in your 40s, in your 50s. And we can reverse that though. And uh, as we lose that metabolism, as we start to put on some weight, some middle-aged spread, we can choose to reverse that. And being able to um, being able to move quickly when it matters is important. And I don't know about you, but I, and this is where my mindset is, I don't want to fail one of these young officers when I'm on a ride along. I want the strength to be able to go the distance. Um, I tore, just about tore the door off a lady's car that had been in a wreck. She was freaking out inside the car. I was not with a department. I was across the street. Um, someone in front of her had tried to turn left where there was no place to turn left and got rear-ended on, on, uh, on a highway. And uh, she was sandwiched in about a four-car pileup. And I you know, looked both ways and ran across the street and I was talking to her and she was freaking out. All of a sudden this vehicle that she, um, that she had trusted in was, was destroyed on both ends and she was pinned inside, not, not pinned inside. She was trapped inside because the door wouldn't open for her. And she started freaking out and she's like, you've got to get me out of here. And, and she's like, I don't think I'm hurt, but you got to get me out of here. I'm starting to freak out. And she was probably in her late 50s, early 60s. And I'm like, ma'am, if I, I really recommend that you stay where you are. She's like, no, you don't understand. I'm going to hurt myself trying to get out of here. You've got to get me out of here. And so I had the physical strength to open that door. And uh, it was it was open about this far. And I was able to crank it open. Of course, the soft bodies of cars aren't anywhere near as strong as they used to be. And I was able to work that door back and forth until I got it open. And it, I explained to her, this door ain't never going to be the same again. And she's like, neither is the car. And so I was able to help her get out of this vehicle. I had the strength to do it in the moment to run across the street, to get there to talk to her. And then I took her very carefully across the other side of the street, up an embankment and put her above the wreck uh, until first responders arrive. And I stayed, I stayed with her. 
That's part of my mindset. I don't want to fail when it matters. I don't want to have heart disease and have a heart attack in the middle of an altercation and the bad guy gets away. You know, um, I don't want to, I, and that for me, that's with my family, protecting my family, that's doing church security, that's doing executive protection, that's being on a ride along with a department. To me, those things are very, very important. And to go back to emotions, you have to have the kind of mindset that is, you're not going to kill me. And I think especially for ladies, because for a lot of ladies, it's a, it's a different mindset. They know that they are typically not as strong as the average male. And they know that that they may face uh, things in a fight that a man wouldn't face. And they know that oftentimes men are bigger than them. So they're, you know, humans are sexually dimorphic. The average human female is smaller than the average human male. So they know that most men have better upper body strength and a woman better be able to fight and, and better fight like a bear cat, um, you know, better fight like a badger because um, if they don't, they could lose that fight. And I've watched the videos of, of female officers being beaten to death. And that is so horrific. You have to have the mindset and I'm not taking anything away from anybody that loses a fight. If you gave your best hats off, I salute you. But you have to be willing to stay in that fight. You have to have the mindset to stay there. And there was a lady in my area. She didn't have skills, but she had mindset. And if you have to pick one, go with mindset. But if you can have both, oh my. She was walking. A guy tried to abduct her on this walk. She was walking in a, on a, a rural pathway. And he's like, he's like, don't scream, don't scream. I won't, I won't hurt you if you don't scream. Yeah, okay. And she realized in that moment, I'm about to be sexually assaulted and potentially murdered. And she, then she went, my kids aren't going to have their mom. You know, my husband is going to have to find somebody else. And then she got mad and she started clawing and throwing elbows and screaming. And she got loose from this guy. Other people ran to the area. She had been, she was able to create distance between her and this guy. And when she did, law enforcement was called, they cordoned off the area and they got the creep and he went to jail. Um, she she had the mindset and the mindset creates opportunities. And when you see a woman, if you've been in law enforcement very long, you've seen a woman fight that has mindset, they'll claw, they'll pull hair, they'll eye gouge, they'll hit you in the throat, they'll rack you. I mean, they'll, they will fight. And as the old saying goes, uh, when you're in the fight of your life like that, you got to fight like the third monkey on the ramp to the ark and brother, it's starting to rain. You know, there's only two getting in there and you're the third monkey. You better fight like that third monkey. Um, mindset is so desperately crucial. And I've been in a couple of altercations where uh, it, it was me or them. And the person actually realized very quickly that I may not be Kung Fu Panda, but I wasn't going without a fight. And my ideology is, um, you know, God bless you. I'd love to witness to you. I'd love to lead you closer to God. Love to sit down and break bread with you. Love to pray with you. But if you think you're going to hurt one of the officers that I'm riding with, or if you think you're going to take me off the map, uh, brother, I'll tear pieces off you first. And as one of my, uh, one of the guys I chaplain says, he's, he's like, he's a chaplain, but he's not a pacifist chaplain. That dude will throw hands which I took as a compliment. So guys, I'm going to get off of here and uh, let you get on with your day. I hope that, uh, that you're listening to these, maybe when you're on patrol or you're working out, it's a great combination of time. It's a way to redeem time. 
let me know how you listen to this podcast. Are you are you listening to it uh, while you're on duty? Um, let me know where you listen. Are you listening on Spotify? Are you listening on Amazon? I just I believe I'm almost on Amazon, or I'm on Amazon now. Um, are you listening on Google? Um, and or are you on YouTube? Are you checking it out on YouTube? So um, that is. Um, I'd love to know more about where you are. If you're in law enforcement or not, are you blue family? Are you family to law enforcement? Or do you just, are you just an American citizen who has an appreciation for law enforcement? Are you looking to go into law enforcement? Did you just stumble across the title of this podcast because it was entitled Mindset Surviving the Fight? So uh, regardless, uh, leave a comment. Let me know where you're from. And uh, I'm always looking for new patches for my patch wall. So if you're listening to this, behind me is a set that has a lot of things on it about that, that have meaning to me in life things that I think are cool or have they have a specific meaning to me behind me over here. If you're watching this, you're seeing me bump it. There is a Kubaton that is hanging on my wall that was given to me by one of my favorite instructors. And uh, he had carried it for a long time and uh, he gave it to me and I was like, wow. So it hangs on the wall behind me. So there are, there are mementos on the wall that have certain meanings to me, but there are also patches and I'm always looking for more departmental patches. I've even ble been blessed with a few challenge coins from different directions. So I'm always looking to know where people are listening from. And then behind me over here on the wall, for those that are listening, there is a cork board that is in the shape of the continental United States. And I, as people contact me and let me know where they're listening, I've got a guy in Florida, I've got a guy in Minneapolis, got a guy in Michigan. It is um, really cool to know where folks are and where and how they listen. So I'm going to pray and get off here. So Dear Heavenly Father, I ask that you bless and protect our officers as they go out, men and women, to protect us every day, that you protect them, Lord God, that you would warn them and alert them before the ambush, that you would help them to realize that they are in danger supernaturally, and they would realize that they need to take cover, that they need to do something different, that as they go in that door where the bad guy will be, that you will guide them and bless them and protect them. Uh, your word literally talks about that you will protect us and keep us from dashing our foot against a stone or in a modern parlance that, they, that we wouldn't even stub our toe. And I ask for that level of protection for the officers that listen to this broadcast and beyond. Lord God, I ask that you would bend the bullets around of them, that you would cause the bad guy to stumble as they run at them with a weapon, because I ask that you would protect them again to that level, that you would guide them closer to you. And uh, we just give you the honor and the glory. I thank you for the opportunity that I have to speak to those who protect us every day. And I just, again, ask for protection for them in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Beside the Badge podcast. Stay safe out there and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast.